Welcome to the Art of Faith podcast. I'll be your curator today, Joshua Kapczynski. Love that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. And my co-curator. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can still call you a pastor. Yeah. For two more days. Two more days. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor of the First Baptist, the best pastor of the First Baptist Church in Claremont. First Baptist Church, Claremont, yep. And uh, Sunday, last. Sunday is your last day. Yeah, I'm out. I'm well, today we're going to be asking questions, random questions. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have questions for Josh, got, and Josh has questions, I questions for me. Questions for Joel. Uh, but Joel, we don't little, know what they are. We don't. We don't know. It's kind of going to be a, a free for all here. But you've been packing. You've not only are you moving yourself, you're moving your mother. I'm moving my mother. From her retirement And I'm home. moving my, my office. And your office. So you're, you're probably done packing. Oh, I'm done. You just don't want to do it again. Oh. This is it. I'm throwing it all away if we move and I'm just packing a suitcase and taking it with me. All right. So before we started, you started talking about stuff. Stuff. Okay, so I guess there was my... Uh, Additional question. Okay. So tell me your your uh, insight on stuff now, and are you viewing things different now that well, you're in re- re- retirement mode and moving mode? And well, it's kind of like it's. I, I feel God is taking it out of my hands. Yeah. Um, the thing about the thing about stuff is while we're holding on to it and collecting it. It seems very precious to us. Yeah. It seems very important to us. But when, when it comes down to it, and it all it boils down to is, do I have room for the stuff? Yeah. And we we moved into a house sight unseen. Wow. We didn't walk it. We you just don't... saw everything online. Whoa. And my wife goes to the house on Saturday morning, and she she says, Get it was you. bigger in the pictures, mm. and you have too much stuff. And that really that really made me start to think that I have a lot of stuff, and unless I get rid of it, I won't have room for any more. This is an interesting. Uh, we got to talk about this. This is an yeah. interesting topic. And and then you you talked about uh, one of your seminary professors who said, you know, if you've got stuff, you need to be feeding the poor, right? Oh and, yeah. And Dr. Ron Sider, yeah. who passed away recently, he wrote a book called um, "Rich Christians in an Age of Hunger," yeah. and 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 I went to school in. Um, I graduated seminary in the in the eighties, late yeah. 80s, in the early eighties. No, at eighty, I was wow. in yeah, in nineteen eighty. I uh, and he he was legit. I mean, he he said, if you're holding on to your wealth and not feeding the poor, taking care of the poor, you are morally wrong. That is such a, I mean, we know that intuitively, right? And that is a, it is a big um, commentary 
on the American church. Right. right if Not feed, just the American church, but the American believer. Uh-huh. The American Feeding the poor yeah. is a priority to accumulating wealth. Yeah. And, you know, and the bottom line is, is uh, no matter how precious our stuff is, because I'm thinking, you know, Sue says, you got all this stuff. Yeah. You got to think about what you're, because you don't have any room for it. And all this stuff that is precious to me, I have to let go. Okay, so here we have this Lord God who we both believe is a God who loves to bless and pour out his blessings upon his people. And the question comes, do we have room for it? Because not God is not interested in in adding to our our hoarding yes. tendencies, and that's I mean let's just be honest that's where most Americans are right now. Mm-hmm. We just we're we're beyond the consumer culture. Mm-hmm. We're in, we're moving into hoarding culture, or mm-hmm. getting the the next latest. I, thing. I think that's true. Yeah, uh, are you familiar with Marie Kondo? I think so. So she's the the tidy up, yeah, 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 Japanese yeah. gal. Yeah, she's yeah. great. She's on. Yeah, she wrote a book called The Art of Tidying Up, ironically, and then she's got a show on Netflix. I've watched some of that. It's great. Yes, and my daughter and I are trying to get my wife to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Mago, Mago's in full denial. She's like, I'm not watching. Yeah, yeah, but she needs to watch it, and. There's a there's a concept in Marie Kondo, is that you know the minimalist will say that material objects in and of themselves are evil, right? And uh-huh. this even goes back to biblical themes. Yeah. And we'd think about the Gnostics, and the Gnostics yeah. would say yeah, exactly. anything that is material is evil. Yeah. And uh, everything that is spiritual is is holy. So just you know, get rid of everything. But Marie Kondo's perception is that no things are here. They're they're important. They're here to bless us. Mm-hmm. And but when when we've accumulated too much, and like what you said, when we don't have room in our lives, either physically or emotionally or spiritually, mm-hmm. then they need to be purged out. Mm-hmm. And so she has this process. So, you know, I I have uh, even though I I'm I get rid of stuff, I throw stuff away. I do get attached to certain things, like an old T-shirt I haven't worn in fifty years. You know, I'm, wait, I'm just now fifty. I'm not that old mm-hmm. yet. But you know what I'm saying. I, there's an old piece of you know something from high school yeah. that that you haven't yeah. worn in forever, and you know you need to get rid of it, but you can't throw it away. Mm-hmm. And her her approach is you take the object and you you speak to the object, yes, and you say thank you so much for your service, and then you toss it in the trash can, yeah. you know. But then so you're recognizing what it's brought to you, the joy that it's brought to you, and then everything else that that you have, she says it needs to spark joy. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm going to keep this Granite Creek coffee cup because it sparks joy. 
Yeah. But if it doesn't spark joy, I should get rid of it. Yeah. That's. I think I you know I fi- I find that very uh, very spiritual. I do too. And actually. I because I do not think I do that thought we want God's blessings, but I do not think God is interested in adding to our clutter. Yeah. He's not interested in that. So. So it's been a, it's it's so you're decluttering literally. Just oh, I'm purging. I'm right. Yeah, I'm I'm even now just sort of making a game plan about what I'm gonna, what I know is there, and what I can fit in. But if I, um, and, and I'm looking forward to it. And I think I think in one sense what will happen is I'm really be, because I'll get overwhelmed. I'm really asking God to lead me in this experience and when we're back in september i'll tell you how it went <laughs> good good so does it feel good getting rid of all this stuff it feels like a release you know and and it, it really does i'll tell you uh, it was really interesting i my mom has some of my had some of my early early art and um, they, my dad and mom were very sweet and they loved it because I gave them to them as gifts and they just, they had these beautifully framed, beautifully framed and they had them in their house for 30 years and people would come in, oh, oh, who did that? My son did that and beautifully framed, honored them real well and so now they're in their mom's and I can't take them in the frames. Uh, I have to cut them out of the frame. So uh, what I'm doing is I'm literally going to be throwing away these beautiful framed things. And I was telling Sue this. Yeah. I said, I, I, I just feel sad. Yeah. And she said, and I loved it. She says, but you forget how much joy all those pictures, those framed pictures brought for 30 years. Nobody's going to take away that. Yeah. Nobody's taken away that. I haven't done one in a while, but when I was in the antique business and then even after anti- after I shut my shop down, um, you know, I was still dealing on the side, my little side hustle. And I, then I would do estate sales, did quite a few estate sales. Those are a trip because basically I'm given the keys to somebody's life mm-hmm. and, and they're dead and gone and their kids don't want their stuff. Like you could you could relate to that, right? You know, they're dead and gone. It's and, not that we don't want it. Yeah. I don't have room. Yeah. You know, they they all of these things that were precious to them, like family photos, silver, you know, the silver set, you know, porcelain settings, I mean, just formal dining ware. Nobody wants that stuff anymore. Hummel collections. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, things that people invested so much of their time, energy, and money into. You know, some scavenger like me is coming in and selling it and hawking it. And, you know, the little precious moments, the little praying thing, like I'm, I'm happy to get a couple bucks for it, and they probably paid $50, $60 for it. And, yeah, and Yadros. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my 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 folks had a fantastic Yadro collection. Uh-huh. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. And it's it's just it's just really interesting just to go through somebody's life and to sell their clothes mm-hmm. and to you know, if you've ever had to 
take care of somebody's leftovers after they've passed away, like a grandparent or something like that. I remember going through my grandparents' stuff, and it was so hard cleaning I, cleaning out granddad's I know. stuff. Yeah, and my dad. I'm yeah. cleaning. I'm like, I want to keep everything my dad yeah. touched. Yeah, I think what was hard, I like seven of his Bibles. Yeah, yeah, I got. I've got all my granddad's sermon notes. <laughs> I still use them, so I'm not going to toss those because <laughs> if I ever get into a writing yeah. block, I just grab one of yeah. one of Johnny's sermons and like they still preach. I mean, there's I, I, the good I, ones. The good ones always do. They always do, and I just like do. I'm like reading to them. It's like, did Rick Warren rip off my grandfather here? Yeah. Because this is so practical. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think probably the hardest thing was, you know, when we were cleaning out his rooms just the smell like his the smell was still there his smell was still yeah, there my dad's smell yeah so bizarre it's crazy crazy you know and i don't know like what do we really want to pass on to our kids and exactly what do we want to stick them with it's not what we think is important i know that yeah and and exactly i don't know what they, what I think is really important, what I think they was like, um, like I had a, um, uh, I traded, uh, bar, uh, did a barter with it for a, for a Stingray bike. Oh. A painting for a Stingray bike. Yeah. And, um, and so this, we're facing this move, beautiful old vintage Stingray bike. Yeah. We're facing, it's called a Stingray Junior though, so it's a smaller bike. So we're facing this move and don't have room for it in my house. And so I asked the kids, anybody want the Stingray? And everybody's like, nope. Nope. So I ended up giving back to him for his grandkids. Yeah. He said, do I have to give you the painting back? And I said, no, because you won't. Yeah. No, I don't want his painting. So I have, I have this old beat up, probably 1930s chair in my bedroom. Yeah. It's beat up. Uh, two of my dogs have chewed it up. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be re-glued. It's sun faded. And I can't throw it away. It's worth nothing. Like, it's worth nothing. It's not worth the time to refinish it. Or it's not worth the glue to glue it back together. Right. I can't throw it away because it was payment for when I fixed a Mustang in college. Wow. So I fixed this guy's Mustang, and he, and then he's like, oh, dude, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have any money? I just fixed your car for you. And I don't have any money. I got this chair. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll take your chair. So that, that was, I can't throw that thing away because yeah. of that one moment in history. Wow. It's, it's, it's just worthless. Wow. But for some reason, it means something to me. Now, clearly stuff is a problem. I mean, gluttony is a problem. Yeah. Hoarding is, is a huge problem. Stuff stuff is hard. Stuff it, stuff is hard. And um, you know, having too much of the same thing. I mean, co- is collecting wrong? I know that you're a collector. I, yeah, I'm a collector. I'm you know, I there's stuff I'm hanging on to. Um but my but it's but I found in it I think it's a it's a spiritual matter, and I and you didn't wouldn't think God would be interested in, but if you just if 
if you just ask him, I ask him, do I need yeah. this? No. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is an important conversation just on the whole philosophy of our broadcast. Uh-huh. Because our broadcast is, we're talking about stuff. We're talking about art. Yeah. The value of creating things. Yes, the value, exactly. And, and it's... And somebody, somebody, me, for example, I will put my blood, sweat, and tears in a painting. It goes to somebody. Yeah. It will go to somebody. And eventually, that painting will lose its value. Yeah. To them. To them. Case in point, I think you've seen it in Sanctuary. I have a a Noah's Ark picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I painted that for an auction uh. years ago. Years ago. It got bought for a family, and, and somehow it ended up in Texas to a different family. That artist came back to me, or the, the buyer who had that asked me if I wanted to buy it back. <laughs> two paintings. And they were two of my favorite ones. And I said, because they're worth this money. And I said, no, they're not. I don't know who I would have told you that. They're not. And they, he ended up giving them to me. Okay. So <laughs> came there around. So the bottom line is, we're talking about all this, but know this. Jesus said it. It's going to be thrown away. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's going to throw it away. Somebody... T- Somebody had a Van Gogh. Right. And they threw it away. Right. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean... All right, so... So, what do we do? I don't know. I mean... We... We cherish the moment with it. Yeah. We... 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 We bless the moment that God has allowed that object to yeah. speak truth to us and speak a piece of himself to us. All right. All right, well, I have a problem. Okay. So I just crossed over into 50 this year. Yeah. And I feel that midlife crisis hitting. Yeah. And I want a Mustang so bad right now. Yeah. Okay. I want I want an object. I okay. want that thing. Okay. I can't afford it. Like I I, I, I literally have no. Business. I'll tell you what. I wanted a Stingray in the worst way. <laughs> Did you? A Corvette? No, no. no. A bicycle. Stingway Shrin. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's the best bike in the whole wide okay, world. Yeah. I wanted a Stingray. Yeah. I wanted to have a Stingray. Bottom line is, I had a Stingray. Gave it back. Yeah, yeah. Just so my feeling is. Uh, I think, you know, God gives us our heart's desire. Right. Interesting. I think you're going to get a Mustang. You do? Yeah. Oh. You'll get a Mustang. And and you'll probably give it away. I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> Work on him, Lord Jesus. Work on him, Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's so weird because, you know... We're peddlers in objects, right? 
you and I are both. I mean, you're you're an artist, art dealer, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I've sold enough junk to you know be Sanford and Son. Yeah. Okay. So we're peddlers and objects. I mean, we're also peddlers you know, of other things. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a perfect segue. Yes. Oh, you have a question. To your question. Oh, okay. To my question. Let's hear to your you. question. To my first question to All you. Right, let's hear it. Okay. In your... You come from a specific denominational tradition. Yeah. Okay. Give me your most sincere sales pitch about your uh, faith structure, your, the faith system that you come from, the charismatic yeah. movement, yeah. what would you say to sell that to us? To us. To me. I would say that my heritage or my faith structure... Um, and I don't know how to do this in a way that doesn't come off sounding condescending, but I do think that it works. My faith, my faith values, um, now like yours, and like all of our brothers and, Christ- and, and, and sisters, so I don't, I don't want to be exclusive on this, it's based in that, that personal relationship with Jesus. I know that sounds cliche. Mm-hmm. With the manifestations of the gifts of the spirit, meaning that everybody gets to play. Okay. So I, I don't, so even though I'm under this charismatic category, I believe that charismatic lens, that filter can be laid upon any denomination in any, in any structure. Yeah. So I believe in, in charismatic Catholics. I believe in charismatic Baptists. I believe in charismatic Lutherans. I believe in charismatic Episcopalians. Mm-hmm. So anyone that is willing to take the chance to believe that miracles still take place okay. today, yeah, is is my is my structure. I don't even I don't even consider myself an evangelical. Yeah, well. Yeah. I know that that's a loaded question, but I I don't. I mean, I just I think that throughout history since Acts 2, there's been moments where the spirit of God's been poured out on specific people. And we can trace it through history. Mhm. And that's what I'm fascinated about is that that move of God, the move of the Holy Spirit that is marked by what we call the kingdom of God here and now, the manifestations mm-hmm. of the spirit, uh, primarily in physical healing. It's, that's yeah. Physical healing is the number one thing that Jesus did. And when God's on the wow. move, it's the number one thing that we see. That's the number one sign gift that we see. Yeah. So yeah, I believe in the sign gifts. Okay. I even believe that John MacArthur can function in the <laughs> <laughs> That'll be I, the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, no, that was yeah. that was really snarky and not fair, but I do okay. believe that. I do believe that, like that filter of 
the charismata yeah is for everybody to play with and i've also believed that all the gifts are for everyone you yeah. know, some of them come easier to others so mm -hmm. Like healing came really easy to me. Speaking in tongues, not so much. Mm -hmm. But I can go after each and every one. It's yeah. not a gift that is just, okay, well, this is your gift. This mm -hmm. is your slot. This is your niche. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think we get to play on all of them. Like, that's a gr I love that. I, yeah. that's, a, that's a great answer that you get to play and, and um, God is giving you more and you get to have them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really... Right, because the Holy Spirit has all of them, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and what's inside of me, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit? Exactly. I I'm I'm there. Um, this American Baptist charismatic, yeah, is there. Yeah. On that, I uh, I I walk more in the prophetic. Yeah. Than um, any. You do. Yeah. That that one comes naturally to you. Doesn't naturally it? to me. Yeah. Um, I uh, tongues was um, the and I and I like to say prayer language. Yeah. My prayer language uh, came in a sweet time and came in a, in the nick of time mm -hmm. for me. I mean, it came in such a way that helped me to, it was the tool God gave me to get it, me closer to him. And he hence has re since then has revealed that my prayer language has been with me all my life. I was thinking about this because, again, that's not my strength. Yeah. You know, it's, no, I, yeah. Everyone's always hard. And so now that they mention it like that, yeah, yeah, it's always there. It's always been with me. He, re in fact, he revealed me to a, uh, revealed a time to me when I was a child, and when I was a, a young kid, and I, um, I heard we were at the, I was at the beach in Mexico, and the um, children of the caregivers of the homes that were being rented were playing on the beach and they went to they were swimming and then they lay in the warm sand after after the cold pacific ocean and we're talking to one another and they were and i just wanted to be with them so i walked over there and as best i could possibly do i laid down the sound by him and they were chattering to one another in spanish and so i spoke phonetically mm. to them well fast forward years later god revealed to me that I was blessing them. Oh, that he was—I didn't know what I was doing, but he was speaking blessing over these children yeah. through my prayer language. That yeah. was my prayer language. Yeah, that's cool. And so you were speaking their language, and you didn't realize. I, it. No, I was trying to speak their language, okay. but it was—I thought I was doing fine, right? Because it sounded just like they do. Okay. But God, God said, "That's always been with," and that's what I love. Yeah, it's always been with you. Always had it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? We definitely get hung up on that one. Probably huh? We get hung up on that one the most. Yeah, we get people. People do, and yeah. and it needs. We need to stop it. We need yeah. to stop it. Whatever you're doing wrong with tongues, stop it. Yeah. Whatever you think tongues is, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Stop the negative stuff about it. Stop. Stop elevating it yeah. to something that God did not intend it to be. God intended the prayer language to be to edify you, yeah, yeah. to bless you. Yeah, that's not a show. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that one's always that one's always tripped people up and probably ironically given people the most insecurity. Oh right. And 
like, yeah, I'm with you. Like, we need to stop that. Yeah. Because I, and you, you'll never hear me speak in tongues. Yeah. I, I don't do it in public. No. I, I, I do it. I will, I will do it in worship. And so if you're close but enough. But nobody you, will hear me. Yeah. If you're close enough, you can hear it. Yeah. But yeah. I just, you know, and it's not that I don't want people to hear it. It's, it is for the edification of the self, where prophecy is for the edification of the body. Mm-hmm. So my my only concern is that people haven't heard it. There's another. There's an entire new generation that have never been exposed to any of this yeah. stuff. And so, and I mean that, that that will come. I mean that's all the move yeah. of the Holy Spirit. So I don't need to worry about that. But it's just interesting that there's just been entire generations that have never seen anything. So it makes me wonder what's. I happening. love that. I yeah. lo- I love that. That's a good answer. Yeah, that's why it's bad. So I come from an American Baptist tradition, which is the oldest Baptist denomination in the United States, and the reason why I and I the reason why I think American Baptists are are the bee's knees of what I like about it is this phrase that we kicked around for a long time. Uh, within my denomination and on, on in in my you know in in the region is um, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main, the main thing. thing. I love that. You know, and that one. Uh, so I don't know if uh, that's seeped into our vernacular as well. Yeah, because uh, we we get so busy and doing so many different things, so many programs, so many outreaches. And you know, and then Sunday sucks. So, so, so for us, what that means is it it narrows it narrows our focus. It keeps us focused on what is necessary, so we don't. And what is what the main thing is is we want people to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Yeah, we and we want everybody in the world to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. We want to put people all over the world to share that Jesus Christ is Lord. He wants you to come into his come into his kingdom. And in and in order to do that, we're not going to shove at you um ex- things that make you feel excluded. Yeah. So we're probably the first inclusive denomination in the sense that that um, you can, in an American Baptist church, you can be as conservative as a Southern Baptist. You yeah. can have a very narrow, narrow Got theological it. scope. And you can be very liberal. You can be a charismatic. You can be, um, you can be a you fundamental. Off, huh? But we are, we, have a, we are a family. American Baptist is a family. That's great. And we sit at the table. And and my fundamental brother over there is well. Why? Because we agree on the fact that Jesus is the savior of the world. And, and you guys make it work. Christ. What? And you guys make it work. We're doing the best we can. Yeah. Yeah. We we're we're doing the best we can. When um when the LGBTQ movement yeah. came in, um, th- this region split. Yeah. And. And um, and so there, there, but there's a remnant of this region that is continuing with that. We are continue. We're all one at the table. We're family at the table. And yeah. I may not agree with you. 
But if you look at any family and you look yeah. around that table, somebody yeah. you're gonna is there is your there is your racist yeah. <laughs> your racist <laughs> uncle, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah. Your your aunt with her friend, the, the lesbian aunt, <laughs> you know, and but the thing is, we're family. We're all family. Yeah, this is a this is a, and we're gonna argue, yeah, and we're gonna fight, but we're family, and that's what I love. Uh, what? So I I'm not a part of a denomination. Gra- Granite Creek is an independent church. Yeah, and it has some huge benefits right mm-hmm. it's like i don't got anybody telling me what to do which is awesome but at the same time i, I and i've talked to you about this like i feel alone mm-hmm. and i don't know if, if our model is the best model but i it's you know i'm not sitting at the table with other pastors besides you and other friends that that we share in common mm-hmm. but there's You know, there is no uh, authority structure above, mm-hmm. you know, the elders of our church. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's not, I'm not saying that it's a wrong model, but. Well, we're a, we're a true congregational church. Yeah. And so, so I'll, I'll, I'll be, um, I'll be transparent. So we, well, I came out of the vineyard movement mm-hmm. and. Um, as of late, I was like, oh, I've been flirting with the idea of getting back in bed with Vineyard. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened, elections happened, race stuff happened, uh, abortion happened. And like the Vineyard is all, it's all over the place right now. And so it's not like I don't, I just don't know what it is anymore, and I and, the, and, and it's not and, that, that that all those things are like are um, deal breakers, but what is is like there everybody. And this is this is our culture in and of itself. Yeah. Everybody is so polarized, right? And it's like okay, I can I can come back in, but and, I don't know if I want to come back into a family fight right now. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, and. Being in an American Baptist in its yeah. purest form is anti-polarization. Yeah, that's that's what that's what you're. That's what I desire. Yeah, we are we are anti-polarization. Yeah. You're red, be red. Yeah. You're 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 conservative Republican. Be a conservative Republican. Yeah. But still walk with Jesus. That's 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 just walk with Jesus. Yeah. The main thing. Yeah. I, I honestly, maybe I'm idealistic, but I think You'd that... You'd be a great American Baptist, by the way. <laughs> I think if... We'd the, love you. If the main thing is the main thing, right? Yes. If the main thing was the main thing, and if that really was our priority yeah. and our focus, then every the Holy Spirit's going to direct everything else, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, Let women be in ministry. Yeah. Let yes, ordain pa- women as pastors. Yeah. Let them preach. Let yeah. them teach. Yeah. Yes. And ABC was doing that a long time ago. Long so time was, ago. So were the Pentecostals. 
Yeah, like, exactly. That, that was that was a that was such a trip for me because you know I coming out of a you know beyond Vineyard Pentecostal mm-hmm. Assembly of God. Uh, my grandfather sat under Amy Simple McPherson. You know there, were, I'd seen women preach in church. Um, yeah, it was like. I didn't know any better, right? Mm-hmm. And then I go to college, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is an issue." Anyway, it was it was bizarre. Yeah, I, you know, I was on I was once in a in a church leader meeting, and the like, that, and this was years ago, and that issue of women and leadership came up, and there was somebody all hot about it, how uh, how <laughs> how. Um, oppressive that we've been to women there are two people I'm like look we figured this out in, in 1902 so i'm, I'm i don't know what, i don't know what the <laughs> like this you guys figure it out but we 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 progressed way beyond this in, in 1902 Absolutely. yeah so I, I love that i know like i love that i i don't i'm not a part of this conversation <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway so, um so you have a question i do i have a few so you can only have one because we have to trade back and forth. Okay, well, I'll like give you tennis. this one. I'll give you this one. Hopefully okay. it won't splinter into another one. Okay, so you've seen our time machine, right? Uh-huh. Let's oh, just, good. Let's just say it works. Okay. So for those of you that don't this know... This is one of my questions to you, by the oh, way. Oh, it is? Yeah, Yay! it's awesome. Awesome. Okay. So if for those of you that don't know, we literally have a time machine in our children's ministry area and they crank it on with the flux capacitor yeah and bible characters come out of it it's awesome yeah and so let's just pretend that it's real and you had all you had the control panel where would you go i thought about this um and live there just to go and visit for, just to go and for visit? vacation your vacation. You only Go, got, okay, this is this a, a little different a from my weeks. question. Okay, You've you got a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, and it's so, it's so cliche. Yeah. But I, I'd, I'd want to go hang out with Jesus. Good. I I really would. Yeah. I I I would be want to, you know, I don't want to be a disciple. I don't want to be an apostle, one of the 12 or anything like that. But yeah. there's a big group. I would want to be in that group. Yeah. I would want to hear Jesus say, yeah. "Blessed are the poor in spirit." I, I'd want to hear it from his mouth. That's cool. I'd want to see him work. The real Jesus. And I I I would just like to be a fly on the wall when stuff like that is happening. Why? For the same reason why I'd want to be around my wife. That's, That's it's awesome. it's just she's just so you could be in the room and be present. Be in the room with her. She's yeah. my favorite person. And and he's my favorite person. Yeah. I just want to be there. That's what I would do. Just because the machine would take me to physical form of my best friend. <laughs> he's my best friend. Do you, do you think you'd try to talk to him, or do you think you'd just? I would. Just uh, I, I think the bottom line is, is I think he would talk to me first. Oh. Think of all the people for three years who followed him around. Yeah. I think he would. I think he, you know, he'd saddle up. How's it going? Yeah. And and what he 
what is not recorded, how rich that would be. You know, that would be that would be awesome. That that's what I would do. Sorry, that's what you do. I know it sounded so Christian and pastoral. That's okay. I knew you were gonna. I knew that you were gonna do that. Because I just, I would. So would you, in your mind's eye, do you have expectations? No. You don't. No. No. That's so cool. You know, I just want to. I, I just want to be there. Yeah. That's. Yeah, I don't have any expectations. You know, I and and I want to be in the middle of his ministry and like up when yeah, he's yeah, up yeah. in Galilee and and going to Caesarea Philippi yeah. and all of that. I, you know, and when, and be in those crowds. And you've been to Israel. Yeah. Did. That that's an experience, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so, I want to hang out. And so get, you like you can. So history kind of becomes the Bible stories become real to a certain degree when you're there, huh? Yeah, Galilee. Yeah. Galilee's. There's no. There's. You can't put a church over Galilee. You oh. know that's there. Yeah. You know that happened. That is. I loved Galilee. I did too. I mean, I did too. I. I just. You know. You're. You're in a boat. They're taking you out on a boat, and this is the. This is the very water Jesus walked on. Yeah. Yeah. You know. There's. I've I've been twice. I went once in college, and then I once I went again a few years yeah. ago, and they're both very different experiences. From a, honestly, just a different man, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not the same man that I was in my twenties, mm -hmm. and uh, and yet, both times, like I knew I was in the Holy Land, right? Mm -hmm. I, I just there's just something about the real mm -hmm. estate there that's just like, oh yeah, he, this is where he, these are the streets that he walked down. Yeah. So where would you go? I, I would do the same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh good, I get to so, hang out with my friend Josh. Yeah, I, I mean, and I know that is the the cliche thing to do, but yeah. And I don't. You know, and I don't do it because it's expected of me. I do it because yeah. I absolutely want to do that. I yeah, and likewise. So that would be my number one. I'll give you my number two though. Okay, I'm gonna wind the clock way back. Okay, yeah. of course you would. I'm going as back as far as I can go. Yeah. Um, there's just I want to see what society looked like in Noah's time. That's what I. That's what I want to know. I want to know. I want to know how all that happened. You want to see some wicked stuff. I want to see some wicked stuff, um, but I also want to, because I, I, you know, the rabbit trails that I go down pre Noah, um, you know, we did the Golbeke Tepe, the that mm -hmm. ancient site mm -hmm. that we mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. That's I need to see that. I want to know what those people were like. Okay. So. That's awesome. Yeah. See, I think. I believe in Atlantis. Wouldn't that be cool? I, I think that I think that there was an Atlantis during Noah's time. In whatever form it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think yeah. it was a, I think that there was an advanced. I think that the, the the people that God wiped out, they were advanced. In in some ways, probably just as advanced as we are. 
I mean, not with the same trappings, you know, maybe not with the industrial age technology, but I think they had technology that would probably rival us. Now that's, I, I can't preach that on Sunday, but no, no. I, I think I think that there is, because there's monumental architecture that we can't explain. Yeah. And when I say we, I'm not talking about Christians, I'm talking about scientists and yeah, archeologists. Yeah. Like there's monumental stuff that doesn't make any, and it's beyond Stonehenge. Stonehenge is nothing compared to some of this stuff that's been made. Yeah. And wow. And so I actually think that I think the Pyramid of Giza uh, wasn't built by Khufu in 2000. I think Giza was built around 11, 11,000 BC. So that's why those are the those are like the mysteries that I would really like to uncover. Oh, fun! So that's prior cool. to the flood, the Great Deluge, which we do know that happened, we know that the sea levels rise. We have entire cities that are underwater. I want to see those. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. My next question. Okay. To you. What movie? Um, what movie, when you saw it, absolutely blew you away from top to bottom? What I mean by that, it is it checked all the boxes. Great script, great acting, great visuals, great music, the score, everything, and you and you walked out going. Holy bananas. Yeah. I've just had an experience and it stayed with you for a while. Raiders. Yeah. So obviously Star Wars was a big deal. Yeah. As a boy. Yeah. Like that. I think I was five. Yeah. When Star Wars came out, five or six. So that was revolutionary. But you know, probably going deep and just being completely sucked into the story, it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's neat. I mean, just blown away from mm-hmm. the very beginning. He, I mm-hmm. mean, Spielberg had me, like, he had that hook set in yeah. in the jungle. Yeah. And I, I just, I still love Raiders. Like, Oh, what's not I, to love? I, I, I'll, I'll watch it to this day. Oh, it's, I, I, I will I will watch them all because I have them all yeah. in my thing. Um, I agree. I that does not that's not necessarily mine, but but I'm, I I think that that's yeah that one's probably that's probably it for me. Um, probably the like gearing more towards the artsy fartsy side. Uh, ben Hur would be the next one. We talked about Ben. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, but Ben Hur would probably be my next because it was so epic. And yeah, I mean, kind of slow and plodding, mm-hmm. but it had me the whole time. Yeah, and I could appreciate everything. Uh, I could the the attention to detail in the sets, yeah, and then the costumes. Like I start, you know, I was like at, at the age where I was, you know, interested in history, and so I started noticing the details. Yeah, so I um, so I you know, and I agree with Star Wars Raiders and all of those, yeah. and and I. Probably, probably for me as a child, because I saw Ben Hur as a child, and um, it it made that was the movie that made me fall in love with movies. Uh, 
That was the movie that made me fall in love with epics and big storytelling. Yeah, yeah. That's that that was that catalyst, and then yeah. followed by Lawrence of Arabia and all of those. Uh, yeah. But the one the one that I remember as and but these all happened when I was a kid. The one that that nailed me as adult and a young adult and and I just and I I remember I just started my ministry um, career. I went and saw the movie The Right Stuff. Uh huh. About the the, the Mercury astronauts yeah, yeah. and and Chuck Yeager. And I thought it perfectly told a story about an epic era of of courageous people. Yeah. And laying it out on the line and and then that score by the guy who wrote Rocky, Bill Conti. Uh underscoring that and the perfect actors yeah. falling in place. Sam Shepard, Chuck yeah. Yeager, yeah. Ed Harris, John Glenn. So they couldn't have picked a better Couldn't cast. have picked a better team. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, you know, Dennis Quaid. Yeah. And uh, just... And I just walked away, and and it ended it ended beautifully in the sense that you know Gord, Gordo Cooper's blasting out, and the man, last man to go into space all by himself is blasting out, and this movie is going, and I remember, I remember cheering and it's standing. The, yeah, it was an exciting and, movie, and I was in tears. Yeah, and I was so proud. Of what we had accomplished, so proud. Yeah, I. I, I remember that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I see. I mean, uh, I love that movie, and I love all. I love. I love the space movies. And I think it's probably for the same reason, because you do feel that that pride and sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. that america has done i guess but i mean the soviets got up there too Mm -hmm. um i loved what elon musk said recently when you know he's going to mars right like he's driven to go to mars like i'm all on board i mean let's like let's do it let's get to mars oh and i love the martian oh yeah the martian's great too (sighs) yeah that's that's fun and I think what Musk is is giving us is that that excitement again. Mm-hmm. And he said this. I, I'm just to paraphrase it, but you know, he's like, "We're going to go to Mars." And he's being criticized for it, right? Yeah. He's, you know, there's people that are criticizing him, saying, "You know, it'd be better if we just took care of our planet and cleaned it up." Well, they did the same thing with the moon. They, they did. Like, why are the we wasting? Why are we wasting all this money on burning up fuel mm-hmm. to get you know to get to the moon? And you know, and, and must respond and that in the same criticism, the exact same criticism. You know, there's people starving in India. We could, you know, we could take care of people instead of shooting them to Mars. I mean, actually he's got very good reason because we could be obliterated by a, a meteor anytime. They they'd miss us all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, it's a, actually a wise thing to do to get off the planet. 
<laughs> so, I mean, if we want to perpetuate the human race, yeah. we need to get off the planet and yeah. build society off, off world. Anyway, but he says, we can't spend our entire lives focusing on all the horrible things that are going on. We need to find something good to think about and, and dream about. Life is exciting. We, we, we need we, to be excited about this. We cannot live without inspiration. Yes. I mean, if we're focusing on all these horrible things, yes. there's a lot of horrible things that we could focus on right now. There we're are. A, we're a smorgasbord of things to freak out about right now. But individuals like Musk that can give us a little bit of hope and shoot for the stars, right? that's just going to be fuel for a lot of young people to say, I don't have to live in despair. There's, right. there's something that, that we can do. We could do something that's impossible. Yeah. So... I'm all on board for that. That's cool. Yeah. I hope, he, I hope he pulls it off. I hope he does too. All right. So final question. Final we, question. We didn't get to all of them, but That's all right. for, for you, Joel. So now that you're retiring. Okay. What are you going to create? What, do you have a, do you have a project? Do you have a, an art piece that's, yeah, I do, um, and I'm I'm pretty excited about it. And it came out of through the process of packing, so I'm going through a bunch of boxes in my um, in my garage. And for some reason, I guess because we moved from my mom's house and closed my mom's house in Fullerton down, I ended up with a bunch of my dad's stuff. Uh. And so I'm going through this box, and all of a sudden, I come across these. All these um, this big stack of of you know that 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 paper you always use in school the you know construction paper yeah, yeah. but the but the kind of the wheat colored yeah yeah kind yeah. well I found a bunch of those and there are crayons on it and then I found other things and I noticed that the name on it was Billy. And my dad is, my dad, for the longest time, was called Billy because he's William Lowell. Mm. And it was in elementary school because there were too many Bills that they called him by Lowell. And so we all called him by Lowell. Interesting. These are my dads. Wow. So what I will do, what I think one of my first projects is I will find those and I want to turn them I want to put them on canvas through a collage or whatever in a, in a beautiful design. And um, I want to collect all of those and see what I can do. And I want to do that. The collage? I want to, I want, I want to do, with painting as well. Multimedia. I do, I, I'm just, that's my inspiration right there. That's cool. And, um, and I'm going to call the piece Pop Art. Oh. Because it's my pop's art. That's really great. I've never, I know. I mean, I've never, I've never, this is I've never seen thing. his stuff. What? Like this is, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I, I mean, because we, we, we started this podcast talking about stuff, stuff that we need to get rid of. But I mean, if you could take stuff and chop it up and make a collage, and you might, yeah. you might have a market for this, Joel. I know people could drop off their their junk to you, and you can make something beautiful out of it, and they can their throwaway yeah, stuff. They can hang it on the wall, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Don't tell anybody because I want it to be a surprise oh. when I do it. But I'm 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 looking forward. 
to that. And I'm looking forward to being close to him. And I'm looking forward to feeling what the Holy Spirit has to say to yeah. me through all this. Because he through knew this process. Because God knew that little boy. Yeah. He knew that little boy who did those things. What his he knew Billy. Right. And so I'm looking forward to to walking in my father's young shoes by participating in this. That's, That's that. Cool. It's a very interesting question that you asked that. What's my first project? And because I would have said, I don't know, but That's, that was you it. have it, huh? I have it. All right, my next. I have one more short question. Okay, you gonna finish that novel? And um, so hopefully uh, the. Uh, at the very latest, by the end of the year, it'll be done. Sweet. Um, I want it to be done. I want to get all this done. I want it to get done by the end of October. I want to have it complete. Wow. So you and do have a date. I do have a date. End of October. Before I knew I was going to retire, it was going to be the end of July. Not going to make it because I've been packing every day. Right. So um, it's pushed forward a little bit, and I'm, I want to get done by the end of October. So when we check in back in this podcast in, in September. September, we'll have a progress report. Wonderful. Awesome. So so tell everybody that we're not going away. We're not going away. So we'll be back up sooner than later. The Art of Faith Art is, of faith. yeah. We're going to continue. Season two. Season two. God bless you guys. Thanks for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>